and welcome to the first episode of Art Juice for 2023. Do you keep Yay. writing the wrong date everywhere? <laughs> I suddenly thought on Thursday, oh, are we going to record a podcast? It seems to have gone by so quickly and I don't know, a bit of a blur. So anyway, here we are. Here we are. So if you're finding us for the first time or through a recommendation, this is Art Juice. These are honest, generous and humorous conversations that will feed your creative soul and get you thinking, hopefully today more than another time. Can we be comparative? Um, I'm Alice Sheridan and with me is Louise Fletcher. And we are both UK artists. Um, artists in now, I was going to say, other podcasts have really fancy, snazzy intros. Like, oh, yeah. they're like, oh, we're this and the host of this and we do this. <laughs> We've never done that. I was going to yeah. say, artists in the sense that we just kind of show up and do things, <laughs> make things and do things. <laughs> we're creative in every way. It, it's Sometimes. funny, those long intros to podcasts are great the first time you find it and then the fifth or sixth time you listen and you have to whiz through the Yes. three minute introduction about that you've heard a million times they get a bit all right we won't do that then we'll just crack on in our in our <laughs> normal style which you've just had a little taste of if this is your first time listening so we thought we would talk yawn 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 but hopefully not too yawny um about uh, new year not resolutions um louise has just titled it a new year it is a new year and a new year is a fairly arbitrary point but it is a good point i think to kind of pause and reflect so if you're not sick to the back teeth of people talking about their last year and their new year uh, join in with us because we hope we're going to have um some things to share with you some prompts and be talking about what we've got planned but first of all what have you been up to in the break um I was saying before we started that I, I got a bit of a slow start. Usually the break for me is time to plan and think and make notes and start thinking about the next year or what went wrong in the year before, what went right and all of that. And I just didn't do that. I was very un-Christmassy this year. Everything was a slog. Don't mean to be a downer. There was nothing particular, no particular reason. It just, it was very grim weather. I don't know. Mm. I was in a slump and then... Christmas got passed and just in the last week all of a sudden I can't tell you how much I've got done all of a sudden I've got my new year's energy and I realize now this happens every year for some reason for me this time of year is very creative and now that I realize this is a cycle I thought right I need to capture as many of these ideas as I can and capture the energy of them and not squash any of them Sometimes I have a tendency to think, no, focus. You've only got, you can only do one thing, but maybe if this is my really creative time. I need to like get them all down, flesh them all out a little bit and then see which ones want to carry through. And the others I can, maybe I can save for the slump times. I don't know. Um, so I've just, it's been a, a bit of a um, week this week of, writing things down, post-it notes stuck on walls, uh, notebooks everywhere, pieces of paper, emails to various people saying, oh, what about if we did this? Oh, how about if we did that? Um, applying for things, um, a, cor a course and some other things, just generally like getting the wheels in motion on some things which might, and being okay with myself, 
that some of them won't actually happen. This is just all creative time. So that's what it's been. It's been a lot of sitting at my desk on my own, absolutely filled with excitement and joy, even though to anyone outside, I would look like I'm just sitting at my desk. I'm like, oh, 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 yes, that would be good. So I think while it's coming, while it's coming like that, you've got to gather it in, haven't you? Yeah. I mean, that would be, it would be daft if if all the ideas were coming and you were like, oh, I don't want to hear them. I'm not receptive to them. I don't. There, I think I've diff- been guilty of that a bit in Have the you? past. Yeah. I think I've been a bit like, no, don't, don't be ADHD about it. Because sometimes I feel I am a bit ADHD and that's not official diagnosis. And uh, I know there's all sorts of things involved in that, but I do feel I'm a bit flitty. So I, I've tried to, quash it down without realizing like I said that maybe it is just a phase that needs to be nurtured so I agree with you it is deaf but I think I have done that a bit in the past and now I'm trying to make the most of it right we might come back to knowing your own patterns a bit I think that's so what have, what have you been up to oh I've been eating profiteroles and um that's yeah, why doing for a run this month. <laughs> right, exactly. So we did we did Christmas a bit different. We did uh, Christmas on Christmas Eve day. Um, so I spent all day before that cooking, which I really enjoyed this year. I just really enjoyed it. Um, but I sat down in the evening to watch Jamie Oliver go, oh, and it's so easy because you can prepare this in advance. And I was like, I've just spent nine hours preparing, <laughs> cooking everything, but I really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, we made, I made these lovely pistachio profiteroles and then actually my parents went home early and so we didn't eat them in the evening so you know I had to demolish the whole plate over the course of the next three days shame delicious they were (laughs) um so yeah so all that good work that I did in the summer was slightly undone so the last few days I'm like right okay get back to it um I have also been spiking my back on a shakti mat oh yeah I saw that on Facebook (laughs) Good for you, Alice. You keep going. <laughs> so if anybody doesn't know what this is, this is this is a kind of something that I bought on a whim. You know, um, in India, they lie on those bed of nails. And um, it's a version of that with little plastic spikes. And you can get like beginner versions, which have more spikes because that evens out the pressure a bit. And then advanced versions have fewer spikes because that's a bit more intense. And the purpose of it. So why would you do this to yourself? You ask. Uh, The purpose of it is it's supposed to like it gives uh, it's supposed to relax your muscles hugely and the first when you first lie on it for the first few seconds you think why on earth would anybody do this I can't bear this this is awful I have got to get up and then it actually gets worse (laughs) (laughs) this is the sales pitch everybody (laughs) for about a minute it gets worse and the first time I think I only stayed put for about 90 seconds I was like oh okay I'm gonna come back to that anyway then I actually read the little leaflet that came with it and it said the first two minutes you've got to make it past the first two minutes and after the first two minutes your endorphins start to kick in a little bit and your body changes the way that it's receiving the signals differently so initially it's almost like your pain receptors are going oh don't do that don't do that like you've just trodden on something spiky and after that they go oh actually this is okay 
and it starts to relax and then you start to get this lovely warm glow to your back almost like you get after you've had a really good massage I have to say every single time I've laying down on it for so after then for about you know I thought next time I'll try it and I was quite happy for 15-20 minutes um I've tried it lying on the floor I've tried it in bed so that it kind of curves around your shoulders a little bit and I fall fast asleep into the deepest most restful sleep it is it's extraordinary wow really weird so I'm I, it's very happy purchase I'm not doing it every every day but actually when we went away for a couple of days I didn't take it and I there were a couple of times even then I just thought oh I wish I had it with me is um, it a good stress release is that yeah. when you think of it that you think you need it when you stress yeah. yeah so the other day I woke up at six o'clock we'd had something that I was kind of concerned about and I woke up at 6am and I could have got up and done things that are like, I'm not really a 6am person and I thought well no I'll try it in bed Paul was like what are you doing and I just went straight back to sleep again no thinking no overthinking it's really you just have to get past those first two minutes I can so, yeah. I can totally understand why it works it makes sense that if your body is engaged with dealing with this foreign feeling, then you can't be also thinking. I know um, a, a relative of mine has a, an illness which gives her permanent pain, permanent, quite severe pain. And one of the things she was, mm. I must tell her about this, because mm. one of the things they said, the NHS pays for mindfulness classes for people because your brain cannot experience pain and something else so they teach you how to distract your brain from the pain with other things mm. so it makes sense that it would do mm. that yeah and I think if you've if you've actually got kind of you know tight tight areas in your back or anything like that it would really help you can actually do things like so there's now I've bought it of course they're sending me videos on how to use it one of which is that like, you can do it on your hands I have tried standing on it I can do that although you wouldn't want to do that by mistake but there's a thing where you can put your hands on it and then do downward dog I can't imagine ever wanting to do that <laughs> that's pushing it but you can do things like kind of lean different parts of your body and things on it so yeah worth worth, worth an experiment and then um my daughter and I had a swim in the see yeah I saw we... that as well it's a yeah. bit like um masochist masochist center on your Instagram and now I've jumped in some freezing cold water next and getting one of those horsehair brushes and I'm going to beat myself <laughs> isn't it funny I'm just kidding I was just thinking the things that we do that we would never I like none of n- neither of those things well the profiteroles obviously always <laughs> I would have but... always <laughs> But neither of those things I would have thought I would be interested in, I would do, I would try, let alone stick with. Oh, yeah. And the other masochist thing is we're going to do a skydive. So you say, what have you been doing? And I say, oh, I've been doing some annual planning. What have you been doing? Oh, jumping out of planes, laying on spiky mats, jumping in cold water. (laughs) Alice is living the best life. It wasn't so it wasn't so cold actually. It was a glorious, glorious, glorious sunny day. And we went down and we thought we're gonna do this. Yeah, uh, no chickening out, no. And um actually we kind of waved our hand and said, well, that's not too bad, actually. It's not too bad. And it wasn't nearly it didn't feel as cold as the quarry. So either we've got used to it, but 
you know I would love to I would love to live closer to the sea if I live closer to the sea I would do it more regularly how how did the skydiving promise come about well she's turning 18 next week and I will be 50 this year and she said she wants to do skydiving so we had a skydiving versus parachute competition and I say we've I'm turning 50 she's turning 18 we've decided we've had enough so we're going to jump out of a plane (laughs) I just think it would be quite I'm more interested I'm more what am I more scared of I'm quite scared of both really quite scared of both but I think with the skydive you're attached to somebody else initially so I don't have to think about it and I don't think you have to train quite as much for the same reason and to be honest I just don't want her doing it totally on her own I think it would be it will be more enjoyable as a shared experience I've kind of wanted to do it but I've never had the oomph to do it on my own but yeah so there you go totally non-arty things and of course the annual planning so but I've been almost the opposite to you. It's interesting, isn't it? So you've been like, oh, let all the ideas come. My aim this year has been to leave a lot more clear space and to take a lot out. Mm. Um, I think it's so easy at this time of year to think, oh, all the things, I could do all the things. And you write them all down as a massive, great, long, exciting list of goals or usually it's not a list it's usually some kind of like brain scattergram dump of all the things that you're feeling good and excited about and then something that happens is you know the reality kicks in and you don't get to all of them and then you end up feeling bad about it um and I don't think that's particularly helpful so I just thought let's talk about what happens when you well, how do you manage this sense of not managing to meet or reach all of your ideas or goals? Are you just happy? Do you find it easy to let things go? I think I do. I was thinking about that because you mentioned it before we started recording and I was thinking, do I remember feeling bad about anything? And there are things I keep meaning to do and haven't done, like learn to do my own Facebook ads. I'd really like to learn that because I'd like to be able to do it less expensively than hiring someone else when I'm not in a big push to do anything selling. I'd mm. like to learn how to do that. Uh, and I don't get round to it. And I've signed up again for a free course and still not watched the videos in the last few weeks. Yeah. Like, oh, cause I'm just not that excited by it, but I yeah. need to, I need to. Surely. Really? I need Although to some people would be, you see. Some I know people... when I told my assistant, she went, oh, I think that sounds great. She was really into it. So I sent her the link because it's all free. Um, but yeah, um, do I feel bad? I, um, I'm going to say a really annoying thing now. Generally, I do what I've written down. And that is because we've talked about this before. I have this this thing in my brain which will not let me not do something. Mm. Um, so if I'm given a goal, even if I give it to myself, I'll crack on and get it done that day. I can't leave it. Even if it's three months away, I can't think, okay, that's a three month away goal. I have this thing that thinks get it done now. So it's out of the way and you'll have time, but there's always another thing that there is to get done. So it's out of the way. So you have time. So I, I never, uh, get to that space where I've got all the things done and now I'm in that space where there's time 
So I'm aware of it as both a strength and a problem, but in the strength of it is I do get a lot done. And I've made the decision this year, which will be very different from you because we've got very different lives that work is the kind of work I'm doing at the moment is so rewarding that I want that to be what I'm doing. Mm. So I want to get it done. I want, I don't want distractions from it. I'm annoyed when someone interrupts me. I'm really in flow with it. It might not be like that all year, but at the moment. So I, I think that A, I get most things done and B, I think I do some, I think my brain just goes, all right, we're not doing that then. And it's gone. I don't seem to have that. I don't seem to beat my, there's millions of things I beat myself up about, by the way. I don't mean to sound like I'm brilliant. I can beat myself up about everything, but not that for some reason. Yeah. Is that something that you feel at the end of the year or I failed if I didn't do that thing? I was quite interested because beginning of last year we were away. And so I, I don't think I had such a concrete plan for last year. But I did discover in various notebooks that there were some kind of ideas and projects and things that I had wanted to do. I was quite surprised. I was like, oh, I'd forgotten that that was even a thing at one point. So I think that there is a difference between things that you just you have the idea. It's like a bit of a brain fart. And then you can move on from it and let it go quite quickly. I think there were things like your Facebook ads course that are probably on the, oh, I should do that list that you never quite quite get round to. And those are the things that are a bit annoying and niggly and mm. maybe sit in your brain and you just go, oh, yeah, I should do that because, you know, in your sense, oh, that would, you know, be kind of more, it would be more, make financially more sense if I knew how to do this thing. But if you can't get yourself excited about doing it, it's never going to happen, is it? No, or is it? If you got stuck into it, would you actually quite I enjoy? Probably the- could make. Do you know we were talking about human design on your retreat, and mm. I have what's called a defined will, which is I can make myself do things. Yeah, but sometimes I don't, and and so what is, I'm trying to work out in my life where's the difference? Here's a goal I let go. Beginning of the year, I signed up for a free challenge. All you have to do on this free challenge is drink two liters of water a day and go for one 20 minute walk every day for a month by day three I was like nah I'm going to the toilet too much and um and also I can't be asked because it's raining such a waste of time who has time to be in the rain and the dark for a 20 minute walk when I'm excited about what I'm doing here so no and it just went like that now that annoys me my ability Mm. to let that go because I should be doing that Maybe not the two liters of water because I do already have an issue with running to the loo every five minutes, but the walk I should be doing and I just let it go because I don't want to do that. So when I want to do something, you're right, that's the Facebook ads. When I want to do something, there's Mm. no stopping me. No matter how hard it is, I'll do it. But if, if I don't really want to, and it's what you were saying about, this the shakti mat right that's um short-term pain for longer term gain you're good at that you go running because you don't want you want to be fit and healthy and that you know that longer term that's good for you I'm very I'm very short term like yeah I think I think I get turned on by the transformation of things from one state to another 
So the thing for running for me is I still enjoy the fact that almost every time I was saying to you beforehand, I even stopped and took a picture today because it was so grim. But I was quite exhilarated by the fact that I I I thought, am I really going to do this? Because I don't want to do this. I would rather stay in bed and have a cup of tea. Am I really going to do this? Oh, my Lord, I'm out. And it's quite rainy and cold and there's nobody else out here. And yet there is something in this that feels quite good. And I know it will set me up for the day. And I'm actually quite enjoying it. And I think I think maybe I'm often looking for things. And it's almost a little bit like an adrenaline junkie buzz or that getting that serotonin hit that you supposedly you get from social media. I think we do. But I think it's those I like it when I feel that there's um, something that surprises me or that's still a challenge or that there is a change in it. When things become too predictable, I don't like them. I can't imagine myself ever, for example, wanting to do long runs. Boring, too long. Who got time for that? (laughs) It's not that. It's those like little pivoty moments that I think excite me. What's so great then is knowing, isn't it? It's the it's knowing what it is. Mm. So you know now that's important to you. So if mm. there's something else you want to achieve in the future, you'll know that's your that's your way of almost tricking your brain into doing what it doesn't want to do, but it does want to because it's getting this reward. Mm. The reward of the profiteroles, that's predictable. Totally- predictable I can get that one and my problem is the longer term I I I I heard someone on a podcast talking about the people who are successful at things like starting to run or getting healthy or any of that people who think of future them as more important than current them yeah and I'm like that in work so I can think okay I did that whole year of working for nothing and investing all my savings to try and build an audience so that by the end of the year, I could have a business because I would have an audience to sell to. Uh, that's something I know a lot of people would find difficult. I found that, okay, I, I have faith in myself that at the end of the year, I can convert all this money I've spent and we've got nothing left into some money coming in. And I'll and future me will be glad that current me did this. Mm. But when it comes to health, I go, ah, fuck future me current me wants profiteroles that's what current me is going to have future me can worry <laughs> and that is a problem <laughs> so it's knowing we all have areas of strength don't we and we all have areas so I think some of the people I coach who say oh I, I I procrastinate about going in my studio and I'm useless and they put themselves down and then it turns out they do amazing other things in other parts of their life yeah like always going to the gym for an hour every day for years that that's an amazing willpower commitment too we're just good in different areas of our lives I think and it's how do you find the way for the bits you're not good at yeah or do do you need to in some areas you do in some you don't you see I have open in human design I have open will so I'm not very good at sticking to something Mm. So I think knowing that I enjoy flexibility and it's okay to have balance yeah. and to have goals that actually are quite movable for me. And that's uh, what we didn't and- know when we started this. Sorry, no. but we didn't know that 
every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. was going to feel like a straitjacket to you. We didn't yeah. know that at the time. And yeah. now we know it's easier to think, okay, well, then what can we do about that? And you, you have to be able to do that in all areas, I suppose. I think there's a big difference as well between goals, which are kind of quite Goals are quite fixed and future orientated, aren't they? There's something that you want to achieve or you want to reach or you want to get to. And they're quite they're defined usually. Um, so if you go back to your challenge, 20 minutes a day, uh, walk 20 minutes a day, two liters of water. That's that's a very fixed goal. I think I would approach that more loosely with a there's a reason why you there's a reason why you wanted to do that challenge which was I'm not feeling all that healthy right I'm not sleeping very well I'm not feeling particularly healthy I need to get more healthy routines into my life right so if it if the intention which is a much stronger motivation for you which is I want to feel healthier so that uh <laughs> oh, more energy yeah more energy just f- don't I have days where I feel really terrible and they drag me down and make me feel depressed I don't want to yeah. f- I want to feel good I want to feel yeah. like I do today all the time and my energy is very then again in human design I'm a manifester and we are supposedly we have energy slumps and and energy bursts as part of our design and if we try to work like generators which I do try to just work every day all the time that can be bad so maybe that's part of my problem as well yeah so maybe knowing that like having having this as quite a fixed you know the same every day that doesn't suit you if it was something that was looser that was how would I like to feel by the end of this week or what changes can I make this week and asking yourself each day what what are my looser intentions? It could just be to drink more. Forget the two liters of a limit. Does wine count? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no. Yes, it could be. I get what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. And the exercise, you know, twenty minute walk. Well, if you're not going to go walk, maybe you could just put. What could you do instead? Put something a nice song on the radio yeah, exactly. or the CD. I'm going to move around the kitchen for, for fifteen minutes. minutes. Yeah. Move, but, or even just move for as long as I feel like moving. And yeah. it doesn't have to be in the morning. Maybe you prefer to do it in the afternoon or... You're right, because maybe... if I go for a walk, it's usually a couple of hours up onto the moors and over and round, and that's not a 20... A 20-minute 20 walk around here just means coming out of my house, going up a very steep hill, and then coming down the very steep hill again. That's yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah, it's not exciting. And also, it's not exciting, because you've done that a million times before. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just... So there's something in here about keeping it a little bit more malleable, isn't there? I think I think get, for me, I'm more likely to stick to that because if I have something that's very defined and like you say, if you skip it, like day two or day three, you've messed it up. So go back to the meditation thing that I'm doing. So there's a thing in the app and it says you've done it for like however many consecutive days. Well, mine never gets to any number because there's always a day where I miss one. So... Mm. If that really motivates you, fine. For me, I've like initially I noticed I was like, oh, I've I've stopped my streak or whatever. It's like, well, okay, well, you did other things yesterday. Forget it. It doesn't matter if the little 
circle at the top says two days or three days or seven days. Do you want to do it today or not? This is such a great point because it's the point about what people teach is often, let me show you what I've discovered and it works for everyone. So Jerry Seinfeld, the comedian, I remember he wasn't teaching, of course, but he he went on every interview show for ages telling everyone, if you just mark a calendar Mm -hmm. every day, I've written every day, I've written something and I never want to break that streak. So I always write every day because I cannot bear it if that goes. And that's the answer for everyone. Oh, no, it's not the answer for everyone. Because I just think, yeah, Mr. Day, no point now, finished. It's, so you're right, it's it's that knowing. And that that's what I would like for everyone this year is you find a way for whatever it is you want to achieve that's your way and accept that someone else's way might not be your yeah. way. Yeah. I do find that it helps me anyway to have to have a clear intention. And I think looking back over last year, because I didn't spend the time at the beginning of the year and then we were into it and then we were doing things, there were definitely patches of the year where it got a bit waffly, a bit flappy around the edges, and I wasn't really sure what I was doing. And um, it's interesting at that point then, um so for example for art I didn't have a lot in the diary for art sales I didn't feel particularly kind of focused in terms of what I wanted to create and I got to the summer and I thought whoa this is this is sort of not going and I had a bit of a reset in the summer we did that refresh challenge and I had a little bit of a reset and I almost did like a new year like just just a review thing reflect and review and then ended up the year with some more defined things in the diary and actually over what my year goals were for a lot of a lot of things and I think this goes back to this sense of it doesn't have to be um regular every month I will do this every week I will do this I've learned much more to take notice of the patterns of the year what else is going on but also we are so harsh on ourselves when we fail things, like when we drop things, whether it's your challenge, whether you don't stick to a challenge. I think the biggest thing is the picking yourself up afterwards or just keeping going anyway. And I do like to have intentions. So for example, I've marked down a writing thing for next week and I've got a little circle in my diary every week and I'm going to get to tick it if I do my writing. But if I don't tick it every week, it won't kill me because like you say the doing something every day I know that in the long term I will end up getting more bored than if I give myself a bit of flexibility so it's more an inquiry how does this look how does this feel if I try this every day and then we'll review at the end of the week yeah I think this year I'm I'm taking a different tack as well. Last year I was very goal oriented when it came to teaching. I had numbers in my head, mm. right? When my course comes around I want this many people signed up. I want this this like and in some ways that's good because it gives you I know my conversion rate. I know how many people that means I need to bring in, blah, blah, very boring. You know, I know that. So I can kind of work out my fan- finances for the year based on those goals but this year I I went back to in my planning why am I doing this and 
the why behind what I'm doing has always been very clear, but I've perhaps not articulated it to myself this clearly, that I want to inspire as many women as possible to find their own creative voice in whatever Mm. way that is. And that's what I want to do. And so therefore... I'm going to spend this year, my goals this year are about more outreach, bringing more people onto my newsletter, doing more YouTube videos, but not so that I can convert it to this many numbers at the end, just more in a generous mindset, because that's more inspiring to me. That gets me more excited. That's why I'm firing off these emails to the, the, um, person I've brought on board to help me edit videos because I'm excited when I think oh if we did that on videos that might get people sparked up to make something and um, I I find that more motivating so I thought this is my year we say what's your word of the year I want to make this my year of generosity I want the things I do to be free or um, just just do things to help other people which is how I started and and I still always I think I've always been doing that, but but this this goal orientation part, it's feeling quite con- like a bit of a straitjacket to yeah, me. Heavy. And I think the more you focus on that, the less successful you get. I actually I th- think. I think. Bad. I think there's a part of it which can be quite motivating, particularly at the beginning, because I think it gives you a sense of. And again, maybe this is just me, but I think we all need a sense of progress. Mm-hmm. I think we need a sense of feeling like we're moving towards something so that there is having some definite definition in there is helpful. Um, to know that you are actually moving towards what you want, what you want to create for yourself or for others or whatever because we are not very good. And I see this time and time again with myself and with other people. We are not very good at recognizing when we do things well. We tend to kind of gloss over that and like worry about the worry bits. Um, So I think having somewhere where you have got something that is specific that you are working towards in terms of a measurable goal is useful. But I think you're totally right. If that becomes your focus, you lose connection with your real reason underneath it. And it's the same, you know, it's the same with making art. You know, I've been encouraging people this week, um, you know, work out your year. What what are your goals for selling your art? Because lots of people come to me for that. And I, I always had like my first and only thing that I tracked was tracking my studio hours it wasn't how many pieces I made it wasn't how much I sold obviously I had to keep a record of that but that wasn't my focus my focus was my time commitment to making the work because I knew that everything would come out from that that was the one thing that I really needed to commit to and I do I do think that having those goals is useful, but I think if you get, for example, so say you get super focused on how much work can I sell, you're going to lose track of why you're making the art in the first place. Exactly. Like big time, you're going to end up, you're going to end up saying yes to things you don't really want to do. You're going to end up, and 
sometimes perhaps that's part of the journey you have to experience okay well I did that I I took on commissions or I said yes to working with a company or I did a range of work thinking that it would sell better and then it do you know what it never really clicked sometimes we have to experience those things too but it's usually when you've gone off track from what your real reason is I think you do have to learn it like I'm thinking what I'm going to measure this year is YouTube subscribers, no, YouTube views and right. newsletter reads because measure racking up subscribers on YouTube is fine. But if people aren't watching more than they were before, that means I'm not doing what I want to do, which is be inspirational to people to do. So same for the newsletter. I could build up a giant mailing list, but if the reads stay at about the same level, I'm obviously not achieving. So instead of, so that's my goal is to focus on the indicators I can find that I am reaching more people and to forget about the end bit if I come to sell something. That'll take care of itself, I think, if I'm focused on the right things. And it's what you're the same with my painting. I'm thinking exactly what you said. I'm not going to think about sales for my paintings because I got bogged down last year in not making much towards the end of the year. I wasn't particularly focused on sales, but if I did get focused on sales, that's going to squash any. I need to be focused on just being as good as I can be. I feel at the moment like I can't paint, like mm-hmm. I just can't do anything. Like I've lost that ability, it's gone. But I did something the other day in the studio and was like, oh no, there is a little bit of spark there. If I'm not thinking about anyone else looking at it, if I'm not yeah. worrying about exhibitions or what happens next. So I got invited by a local gallery to maybe plan for a show in either this year or the beginning of next year. And I was—I just thought, no, I, I, I feel that's too much constraining. Yeah. You'll start to think about that rather than just making the work. Because they, they'll want abstract landscapes. I know they will because they saw my other exhibition and th- that's what they'll want. And that's not necessarily what I want to do. And yeah, so it's where ca- it's balancing, isn't it? Where can we find the accountability without and maybe for me it will be studio hours this year maybe it will be just tracking that again which I stopped mm. doing mm. And I stopped sure doing it I'm last year that. isn't it interesting it's yeah. the first year it's the first year that. I've always done it I've done it since yeah, a long time I think 2015 I started doing it and it's really interesting because I I track them but then I don't review them till the end of the year and it's really interesting in terms of it shows me because often people are at the beginning they're they're worried like oh I'm spending so much time and will this ever make it make sense and what I've what I've done by seeing that and maybe this is why I've stopped tracking because I've learned what I needed to learn from it because what the tracking showed me was that over time without focusing on the end result of it I got better in inverted comments with the same amount of time I could make more work bigger work work that had more value and I sold more of it so maybe having learned that that just happened gradually not by focusing on the end result of the sales or having to make x many pieces or whatever it just happened by showing up I learned my process better. I could move through the stages of creating a painting from beginning to rubbish to 
feeling like I was happy with it in a more smooth and easy flowing way. Maybe that's why I stopped tracking because I don't need to anymore. Mm. Mm. I think the one danger I find with my not tracking, and I don't think this necessarily applies to you, but the thing about business or social media, or uh, they're very seductive in the sense that you can get the hit of satisfaction. We've said this before, I think, from success because it's easily documented. Yeah. So it's it's if you Facebook ads would be like this, like if I got into it, there would oh, be yeah. a way of seeing, okay, that was successful. That wasn't do more of that. Oh, it's, it's totally measured for you. You can't, you can't go wrong. Whereas painting is the exact opposite of that. Mm-hmm. And so it can be enticing when anybody starts doing some kind of business or social media stuff, as well as their painting, it can be easy to get drawn into oh, I'll just spend a lot of my time making reels because those get lots of likes and that feels good. Or I'll spend my time selling my workshop that I've created because that feels great when people sign up to it. And again, at the beginning, when you launch those things, that's fine. I know lots of artists who started teaching online in recent year, the last year, say, and it's great to measure that and be excited at the beginning. But you do reach a point where you realize, ooh, I'm spending a lot of my time over here and not so much over here and you can't teach people how to paint if you're not painting like you can only do that for so long before you're just a big fraud so it's just a constant dance isn't it because you wouldn't want to say to anybody at the beginning can you imagine if somebody had said to you yeah but you know what if you just build this thing you know you're not going to be you're going to end up feeling a bit frustrated and a bit and you have all of this but you right off (laughs) you know but the reality is we're always looking at what we want what are you excited about doing next what shall I work towards let's make something a bit concrete so that I know if I feel like I'm making progress do I need to adjust along the way and then coming back and reviewing it and making different decisions because it's it's constantly changing like you would you would never want to get to the stage where you were like, oh, everything is just sorted and I'm just going to keep it all the same. Imagine you've got every area of your life all sorted perfectly. Like everything was sorted, like your art was going really well, like everything was fine in your family. You lived in a fantasy family where nobody ever had any upsets or busts up. Like you had all your weekly time perfectly sorted out. Your food was great. Your I sleep. was LA. running every day. I was it's, slim. It's all yeah. perfect. Everything is perfect. And now you've got to keep it that way forever. Firstly, what the hell kind of pressure <laughs> would that be? And also immediately I go to, that's really boring and constricting. Yeah. And something has got to change. And I, I just has to. It just has to. You'd have to develop a really bad habit or do something to mess things up. You couldn't have it that perfect. Totally. Self-sabotage yourself. And anybody, uh, it, we were going to talk about self-sabotage, but I think we're running uh, late on time. Maybe we'll Maybe do that for another topic. quick, write it down as an idea for another time. <laughs> so that we don't turn up on Thursday with no ideas. So, all right. Interesting. I love that we don't plan these because like if we'd planned this, we'd never have got to this stage. No, and I think it's useful. I mean, I think 
<laughs> I think I... what's useful about these rambly chats that we have is that people can pick up on the bits that resonate with them and also push away the bits that don't and say, oh, no, that doesn't make, I, I'm not like that. And it's in hearing other people that I think we rec we sometimes recognize the parts of ourselves mm. that are different from them. Mm. So, and we're very different. And I love that we can talk about these kind of things and have totally different approaches and understand each other and not and not be like judgy. I think we've got better at doing that, particularly in the last six months. Yeah, because we understand each other a bit better. I think so. I think we we have we've got better at uh, yeah understanding and accepting that there are different ways and that we don't have to agree on things all the time or do things the same way for it to be relevant or and that kind of thing. And that's good to hear. I think there's a lot at this time of year about setting goals and intentions and a lot of it is about oh sparkly big new thing and that, that there is something really important in letting go not only of so you know my question was are, are there things that you're carrying over from last year or are there things to let go of but so much it's just this letting go of unrealistic expectations of yourself and just feeling a need to do things a certain way just because you've seen somebody else do it. It's yeah. ultimately so much about, as I've been thinking, why am I doing this? Why do I do the membership? Why do I make art? And it's a sort of, it's a quest for knowing and understanding a bit more. And I thought, what did I really most enjoy about last year? And it's it's when we have conversations that take that feel like they've taken you to a new place so it goes back to that inquiry that little point of transformation or transition where somebody kind of goes oh yeah I never thought about it that way or they suddenly think like I had a you know for Black Friday I did that offer where people we did a call and then messaging and then another call so we kicked that off with somebody and she came with certain ideas for what she wanted to do and during the course of the conversation we actually realized we're going to drop those completely and focus on something else instead that wouldn't happen without that conversation because you wrapped up so it's that to and fro that dance that kind of niggling it out rather than this is a way of doing it that mm. that's what I'm really interested in making space for this year for and me. that's what you're really good at for other people that's why you're good at that because you enjoy it so much. Mm. I've seen you coaching and it's really impressive how you um, work through with people their way of doing it. And it's in a, in a patient and listening way that I don't think I would be capable of. So I watch it and think, oh, wow, look at that. Like, look at where that person got to. It's really quite exciting. It is exciting. I think it is really exciting. And I don't think I realized that I was was good at it until people yeah. kind of say, yeah, this is this is something that you do that is quite that is quite different. Um that's the yeah. other thing for this year, isn't it? People don't realize the thing that you find so easy yeah. that that you just think everyone can do is the thing they can't do and they're all looking to you for. And yeah. you just have to find what that thing is and then and then you can just run with it because you have a, a everyone has rare gifts. 
and we don't realize they're gifts because we just think they're easy yeah yeah very interesting so it's going to be fun to see where the year takes us um yeah if you want to do goal setting google goal setting and intentions and find a list that tells you how to do it because <laughs> we haven't covered it here today at all <laughs> do you have um any recommendations or nice things that have inspired that you want to share I do, I do. And it ties, I'm excited because it ties in so well to what we've been talking okay. about. I have two things actually, but the first thing I wanted to mention was TV show that came back after seven years of not being on is Happy Valley in the UK. Is it seven years of not being on? Seven years since yeah. it was on. And the first episode was so good and it just made me think, Sometimes things take a long time. I know there were reasons why pandemic and people being busy and da, da, da. But seven years to do the third series of something that's had two series. And yet it was so good when it came back. And sometimes just the patience is worthwhile. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So So, that's, that's, that's popped up, hasn't it? The patience of things taking time. Yeah. Just just not being in such a rush. I'm not saying take seven years to make a painting, but, you know, there are things that take a long time to gestate. The other thing, totally different, that I want to recommend because I've really got into it, is a podcast which is going to sound so boring, everyone's going to switch off. It's called Diary of a CEO. Have you ever listened to this one? I've heard of it. Is, is it not? Is it's it on song? YouTube, so you can I, you can watch it. Or you can listen as a podcast. And he, the guy is Stephen Bartlett. And I think I was he's going to say Dragon's Simon Den. Bartlett. Yeah. I think he's a Dragon's Den judge, but yeah. he's a guy who very young ran a marketing company and he's very successful at a young age. But he's the most wonderful interviewer. And he has on some business people, but a lot of self help people. He had on Stephen Fry the other week. That was fascinating. Richard Osman. And the interviews are usually like two hours, an hour and a half, two hours, and they go really into depth. And I just, I find his interview, talking of coaching and the thing you do so well, his interviewing skills, the questions he asks and what he gets out of people, it's it's really inspiring. So I find it like, I found it a big inspiration, some of the stories that people have told on there. So I highly recommend it. And it's so beautifully produced. It makes me feel like we need to up our game because he's got this whole studio and the lighting and we're just here on Zoom. I'm very <laughs> pleased, though, this morning that we are not on video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he has a very nice manner to him. I've seen him in other things. Mm. It's quite gentle, isn't it? And I quite yes. appreciate that because I think there's a lot of quite big, um, who am I thinking of, Howes. Lewis Howe's school. Oh, group. yeah. And it's quite kind of macho. Yeah. Bold and like, you know, and there is a place for that. But it's also, I think it's lovely when you see a man who's actually, you know, a little bit. He's a little bit feminine and he's got in touch with this feminine side. And he'll, and so people will say something as an aside and he'll say, tell me more about that. And it turns into a really big thing because he was really listening. So yeah, yeah, highly recommend that. Diary of a CEO. Right. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, mine are really useless things, but they're <laughs> things that we we actually had fun. So we 
um played board games again we've had a bit of a year so my my children are 21 and just about to turn 18 we've had a few years where it's just been like oh no, we're not gonna do that oh, it's so boring or we start playing games and then like we have no tv when we place where we go away to and um everybody's been a bit grumpy about things anyway we had a bit of a board game fess up and everybody quite enjoyed them so I'm just going to recommend three that you might not have heard of so if you've got slightly younger children if you're an adult that likes board games Settlers of Catan if you like board games you probably have heard of it you have to there is a land that is built and you have to trade resources in order to build stuff um there's a very uh crazy german card game called bean bonanza you have to buy special cards and you have to plant your beans and harvest them and get gold coins <laughs> louise is looking at me like Why would no, you i like the sound of that one the first one sounded way too much hard work but this that one sounds better. <laughs> yeah, you just kind of lay your cards down and decide. And you can swap them with. So you can say, who has runner beans and who wants green beans? And then you can do a little bit of trading and communicate. So it's quite good fun. If you're nice to people, they're nice back to you. And then the other one is one called Camel Up, which is a board game, which is quite fun. It's got like a pop-up palm tree and everything. And you have crazy camels and the camels go around the racetrack and you have to bet on who's going to win, but they stack on top of each other and then you have two crazy camels that go backwards so you can be a winning camel and then you can get carried backwards and it's just fun and silly and very unpredictable so it's quite a good one to play if you've got super competitive people in your family because you know it's it's very hard to predict what's going to happen and so that's quite good fun so there we go that's it are we going to be talking more about art next time i don't know we'll have to see <laughs> we'll see We'll see you next time. Okay, everyone. Bye. Bye. And we are both UK artists. Um, artists in. No, are we? I, I just want to say something at the beginning for. Forget all of that. Let's start again. I thought you were going to say artist in name only. <laughs> Sometimes you can feel like I know when I first met you, I just felt like you were like up there and I was down here, and I, you know, could only bask in the glory of your sunlight. <laughs> Thank you.